0: More. If you are listening today and you feel overwhelmed by maybe a lack of dream, a lack of hope, or feeling like your dream is absolutely impossible because of the things that you're facing in your life, guess what, friend? You aren't alone. This week is about believing the one who can go beyond our wildest dream to accomplish more than we could ever imagine. It's about time because we're going there. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Waddis-Boltoff, and this week is a little bit different. This week, I want to talk about dreams, and I did a little bit of market research with our podcast listeners, and I realized that if I were to ask listeners from this podcast, what is your dream, I bet that we would get some very honest answers. In fact, I took to Instagram and to TikTok, and some of the things that came up were wildly amazing. There's people from the podcast and also social media that had amazing dreams, like a dream of opening up a school for special needs children, or someone wanted to write a stage play. Another person wanted to become financially independent and teach others how to have financial literacy. Uh, One person wanted to be a pediatric surgeon while another person was just believing to get into med school. And for everyone on this podcast who has been a listener or a new listener or has been around these parts for a while, you know, if you aren't familiar, my husband and I are pastors of the Father's House in Orange County, California, and it's in my bud. I'm just realizing that. I can't help but talk to people when it comes to their dreams and realize that there's so much more that goes into the equation. And so I want to pick apart uh, a passage that has really had a profound impact on my life. And I want to speak life over dreams of people who have been listening to this podcast and are listening to this podcast. And the words that I give today, the pastoral impact doesn't come from me. The pastoral impact and insight comes from my Bible boyfriend, Paul the Apostle. And when he wrote his friends at Ephesus, he said in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay. I know this is a podcast. I can't see hands go up, but by a like on social media or a hand in the chat box or wherever you're at, how many of you have heard that verse before? Yeah. This is the type of verse that we see on inspirational posters, embroidered pillows, and coffee mugs. And it's encouraging. We say things like, oh, God is able. Yeah, he can do all things. And that's the right place where most people were like, amen and hallelujah. But I want to challenge us to be less consumers of what sounds good and believers, rather, in who is good. The reason why I'm passionate about the words of Paul is that he is not writing this letter of faith and the statement of faith that God is able from a beach eating bonbons in Bali. No, Paul is writing this letter while he's in prison, and he was facing severe persecution. If you take a look at the book of Ephesians, which is one of my favorite books, we see that he wrote chapters one, two, and three to all who were familiar as believers of the things that God has for them. And then he reminded them like, hey, life's gonna get tough, but you're tough. And you know what? You have the overwhelming love of Christ that's working in your favor. And so out of chapters one, two, and three, we end up in chapters three, verse 20. And out of what feels like nowhere, Paul gives what theologians refer to as a doxology. I know, I don't wanna lose you. So please stay with me, stay with me. For the word nerds out there, a doxology is praise and worship unto God. So basically, as Paul is writing his letters, He is so moved by the truth of the love of God, the overwhelming power of God, that he has to stop what he's writing and put on praise pants because he is about to have a praise party. In fact, I want us to visualize the impact of what he's saying and how his conviction is just laden in between all the words. I'm going to read it over us again because it bears repeating. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. I got to say that again. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that you could ask, think, hope, or imagine according to the power that is at work inside of you. Okay, so I want to break this down from the very beginning because I needed to see the the steps of progression. And in this verse, it might not strike you as significant, but I want us to literally pick apart every word because Paul does not leave us room to guess when we praise God. The first word in verse 20 is the word now, N-O-W, now. Now, now. Paul doesn't want us to get it twisted. Paul says, I want you to start thinking about the greatness, the power, the amazing ability that God has towards you, and that he wants you to experience in your every day. Yes, you as a student, you as a stay-at-home mom, you as an entrepreneur, you as a single person, you as a widow, Paul is telling the believers, he said, I want you to start thinking about God's power right now. No, I don't want you to think about it yesterday. I'm not talking about this yesterday. I don't want you to think about it tomorrow because I'm not in tomorrow. I want you to start thinking about the power of God right now. He says the time to consider the greatness of God, the power of God that he has towards you, when is the moment that you are supposed to pay attention? It's now. He wants you to think about now in wherever you're at. Maybe you're driving in your car and you're listening to this podcast or you're out on a walk on the street or you're running on the treadmill or maybe you're out running errands and you're listening to this. I want you to think about the power of God's ability now and I'm going to break this down, but I want this to make sense. I preached this before and I'm passionate about people understanding this verse because it's incredibly powerful. I need us to understand when we start thinking about dreams, when we start thinking about our own passion, we start thinking about our potential, the things that God has for us, we only will isolate the good things or we might isolate the bad things. But I want us to take a comprehensive look at all the things. So everything that has happened to you, good and bad, people that have come into your life, good and bad, things that have happened to you up until this point in your life, good and bad, guess what? Those are all part of forming your dream. There is a story in the Bible, and I want to put some handles as we talk about this topic because it's easy to kind of assess our life and only see the bad or only see the good, but it's a mixing of both where our passion, our pursuits, and our dreams align. So there's this one character, his name is Joseph. And Joseph had a dream. And in his dream, his family would bow down to him. Now, Joseph was the baby of the family. Joseph was also the favorite. And so there was a lot of nuance and chaos, as you can imagine, in a family if like your younger sibling was like, hey, guess what? One day you're gonna bow down and serve me. But I need us to pause and think about this because as we take a look at the scope of his life where we can see the beginning, the middle, and the end, I need us to see that all of the favoritism that his father put on his life, guess what? It was all part of the purpose and all the hatred and animosity that was displayed by his family and his brother specifically, that was all part of the purpose that the slave traders that sold Joseph, that was part of his purpose that Potiphar and his wife that tried hitting on him. Yeah. That was part of Joseph's purpose. That going to prison was part of his purpose. That interpreting dreams was part of his purpose. That serving Pharaoh was part of his purpose. That having food in the middle of a famine. Yeah. Guess what? That was also part of his purpose. His brother's coming down to bow down to him during this famine. Guess what? That was part of the purpose because that was his dream. So your purpose is everything that's happened to you, good and bad. The people who have come into your life, good and bad. The things that keep you up at night, good and bad. Guess what? They all come into alignment with your passion, your talent, and your longing to form your God dream. Now, with that context, when do we praise God because of his ability We have to say, I will praise God now. All the things that I have gone through will be used by God for the outworking of my dream. And guess what? That dream will not only affect you, that dream will affect all of those around you and your life as you're impacting others. The story of David and David's time spent in prison reminded me of a man that I got to meet a few years ago. The Father's House Orange County, again, the church that Matt and I lead, um, we have a second campus and it launched in a local prison. Well, it was one of the first nights that we were there launching our campus. And there was a guy, a young guy of the name of Jeremiah who showed up. Um, He loved our church experience. And that night he committed his life to Jesus. And it was so beautiful to see his life unpack and unfold with so many of our volunteers that were there. Well, so excited, so juiced, so amped about meeting Jesus and coming to church, he went back to his bunkmate and told his bunkmate, hey, you need to come to this church that I go to. And next week, Jeremiah brought his bunkmate, a guy by the name of Nick, to our church service. And guess what? Nick said yes to Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Well, Nick, Jeremiah's roommate, calls his dad, who isn't in jail, but he tells his dad, like, hey, dad, I go to this church here in prison. And you can watch their church services online. You can watch church with me too. So Nick's dad watches our messages on YouTube and he too invites Jesus into his heart. I mean, won't he do it? So at this point of the story, we can stop here and say, yay, God is able, but it gets better. Now to him who is able. Okay. The reason why I bring this up is because one of the volunteers who oversaw our prison campus gave us a little bit of more fun details that added some juice to the story. So one of our volunteers asked Jeremiah how he ended up in prison. He goes on to tell our volunteers that he ended up in prison because he, get this, robbed a church. Yeah. So Jeremiah robbed a church and ended up getting saved in a church, becomes an evangelist in his cell, and now faithfully serves at our prison campus. God will use all things in his life for God's purpose. And guess what? For your dream. So right now, yes, now is the time to see that God is working things out for our good and for His glory. And I want to note that this word now is a present tense of God's ability to redeem our circumstances, not just for yesterday or for tomorrow, but for now, today. There is time, and the time is now to recognize what is important. So what is the important thing that Paul wants us to notice? Notice the wording. It says, now to him, him. Okay, and I have to unpack this because who is him that Paul is speaking about? Now to him. Who is him? The God who spoke and time began, the God who breathed breath and Adam again and again, The God who parted the sea from the land, the God who called the night from day, the God who causes mountains to quake and land to shake, the God who lifts the sun and dips the moon, the God who hung in shame and pain and who rose from the grave for our gain, the God whose death brought us life, the God who sees our head hang low and lifts our gaze high, the God who knows our past and still grants us a future. The God who is over all and under nothing. The God who chases you and leaves the 99. The God who promises you a future and a hope. The God who will never leave you or forsake you or forget you. The God who loves you and forgives you. The God who sees you and knows you. The God who feels your pain and knows your shame. The God who knows your fears and sees your tears. Now to him, that's who. So let's put this text in context. Now to him who is able. And here's the truth. He's able to do it. I want us to really sit with that because in the heart of someone that's listening right now, you've lost hope that you could even dream again or that your dream is possible. Maybe you feel like mistakes have precluded you or exempted you from dreaming. Or maybe you feel like your dream was robbed from you. Maybe you feel like your dream is really far away. Maybe you've started to wonder whether or not Something can be done. But the Spirit of God wants to whisper to you today, right now, where you're at, God can do it. The God Paul writes about has working power of unlimited resources. It doesn't say, God was able or God will be able. God is able. It is the present tense that includes that He is able and will be able. Believing that God has a dream for us is our business. Whether or not He will do it, that's His business. We need to put a stake in the ground and let the enemy know we're not going to give up. We need to encourage ourselves that no matter what our dreams are, we serve a God who is able. Is it the dream of restoring your family? God is able. Is it the dream of going to med school? God is able. Is it the dream of remaining sober and drug-free? God is able. Is it the dream of becoming a good father or a good mother, even though you didn't have one? God is able is the dream of becoming an entrepreneurial millionaire who gives money away to the poor, hey, guess what? God is able. And in the original language, there is one word in Greek that Paul used to translate, is able to do. And that word in English, that phrase in English, is able to do, comes from one Greek word, and that is dunamis. This is where we actually get our English word, dynamite. We need to be incredibly clear of the type of power that we're talking about. I'm not talking about some weak, feeble, ineffectual power. I'm not talking about a human power. The power I'm talking about has the dynamic power that in an instant, it could change or alter, it could make and form, and it could cause or restructure and flatten and erect and rearrange and accomplish anything in a blink of an eye. And you need to know about this dunamis power. And the way that Paul uses it in this sentence, it implies inherent power. And this is important because it tells us that power is not something that God has. Power is who he is. It means that he does have an all power and possesses all power in his hands. He is the all powerful one. The good news is just because someone you know may have a breakthrough or a dream is achieved or a prayer is answered, you don't have to feel insecure that he gave some of his power away to him or to her and now you're left with what's left over or that you're left with less. We don't have to be jealous or envious because there's more for us. All power is made available to all of us all the time because our all loving God is all powerful. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine? Okay, I know that this is a controversial translation of the Bible, but listen, low-key, it's a secret. Don't tell nobody. I love the passion translation. TPT, baby, TPT. And I, I know I would never teach out of it, but let me just read this over us because I like this, I like this version. Okay. I love what it says. The TPT, the Passion Translation says Ephesians 3:20 this way. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I love that the Amplified Bible uses afraid super abundantly. No, I get it. No matter what Bible translation you use, we're all getting to the crux. God is able. It almost sounds like Paul can't find the right words to adequately describe exactly what he's trying to say. So it's like he says like one word, oh, but that's not good enough. So then he tries another word and no, no, that's not enough. That doesn't cut it. And as a writer, I wonder if he's kind of like scratching his head, maybe having writer's block. And if you look at the Greek, the original language in which this text was written, it's like there isn't one word to describe how big enough, how huge enough, how magnanimous enough it is to describe the ability of God. So, he takes a whole lot of big words and he puts them together. When he gets these big Greek words and puts them together, he realized that they are still not enough in doing the job of describing how great the power of God is in the life of the believers of Jesus. So, he does this thing. He does one more thing. He takes a prefix, hyper. I know I'm giving you a little Greek, but stay with me. He gives this prefix, hyper, in the Greek language, and he puts it in his writing. So, the word hyper in Greek means over and above. Hyper means op- over and above. So he takes two hyphers and puts them as a prefix to these long Greek words. I know, bear with me, hang with me. Listen, listen, I'm going to make this plain, but I, I have to give you the background because it's so fun. By using hyper, Paul is basically saying, I'm trying to say this, but this is not good enough to explain what I really mean. And what I really mean is over and above, the over and above. Okay, did you get that? Paul is like, wait, wait, wait. There's over and above, and he's over the over and above. I mean, that's pretty flippant amazing. Paul wants us to know that whatever you want God to do in your life, you'd be selling yourself short because you can't even imagine what God can do, what God will do, what God has the ability to do. Your prayer request won't even touch what God wants to do because he wants to go over and above the above and over. And if you're anything like me, your mind might go to selfish or financial expectations. In fact, I was having a conversation with Matt this morning, and I was like, I, I want a mansion. I want, I want to buy a house. Matthew, I want, to buy a, I, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. But remember the story of Joseph? Joseph had a dream that his family would bow down to him. But God did above and beyond what he thought. It wasn't that his brothers and his family was going to bow down to him but that through him, he'd be able to save his family and not just his family, but others. It wasn't easy. It wasn't always fun. It wasn't just his family that bowed down to him. His position of authority had a kingdom bowed to him as well as he was second in command of all of Egypt. Did you catch that? Above and beyond. The best prayer that we can pray is God, do exceedingly abundantly above and over hyperactivity in my dreams and in my life. And this is what I want for us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you and me. Yes, yes, the spirit of living God is alive in us. It's his power, not my power, not your power. It's his power that is alive in us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory glory is to be given to God for all that he's done, is doing, and will do. We praise him because he wants to blow our mind. We show up and he blows our mind by doing exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask, think, hope, or imagine. So the glory doesn't come by us. The glory comes to God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Yes, throughout all generations. This isn't about us. This is a vision for the church, the capital Z church, which is so much bigger than me and you. It is a multicultural, multi-generational. Impact of people that are chasing after Jesus. And we can dream about the exceedingly abundantly things that God wants to do in our life because we serve a God who is limitless. So he can take our desires and do more than we could ask, think, hope, or imagine. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To the King of kings, to the Lord of lords, who was and is and is to come, to Him be the glory. So if you're listening to this podcast in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and your 70s or in your 80s, to Him be the glory in all our generations. In verse 20, it's about His power. Nothing is too big for Him. In verse 21, it's about His glory. Nothing is impossible for Him. We must praise Him. So whatever your dream is, I want you to dream bigger. Whatever your hope is, know that God is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask, think, hope, or imagine. Love you, friends. Can't wait to chat next week.